0: hello everyone and welcome to playwright a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play
1: Oh, sorry. We do have to introduce ourselves, don't we? <laughs> oh, the weather uh, outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. H, the Christmas season is upon us. Oh, already? It feels like it was just Election Day. <laughs> well, maybe it was, but we are once once October thirty first passes. All, mm-hmm. all, all bets are off. Look at me. I've got a stuffy nose and a sore throat, so that must mean <laughs> it's it's wintertime. Surely the Christmas season is filling you as we speak.
0: That's right. Uh, there's no significant holidays in between. We are uh, all packed up and, and getting ready for Christmas. We're packing the sleigh with all the toys for the good girls and boys. We got the... What are the hot toys this
1: year? Are uh, kids still into Hatchimals?
0: Is that still a thing?
1: <laughs> I think so. Get your fidget spinners out, folks. This is really (laughs) the year to get in on the fidget spinner because during the craze they were very expensive. But now fidget spinners, right? Exactly. Now fidget spinners are next to packs of gum when you check out. So, like, get yourself a fidget spinner. Get the ones you love. Fidget spinners. This is actually the year of the fidget.
0: That's right. I predict good things for Tickle Me Elmo this year. (laughs) That's
1: right. Well, actually, you know what? I heard he came. About time. I feel like Tickle Me is on, like, a 10-year rotation. Every 10 years, he actually becomes the thing again.
0: He becomes the thing from the Fantastic Four.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. He not beca- as fun to tickle. Right. Well, he
0: on account of his trips to space. And, you know, it turns into clobbering time pretty quickly, and you don't want that to <laughs> no. little kid, you know.
1: No. Al- Elmo smash!
0: <laughs> it's tickling time. It's, not <laughs> it's so, tickling not time, so bad. for sure. Well... Can't win them all. Uh, Can't. That was oh. an intro.
1: Yeah, this is uh, this is playwright. <laughs> he's he's H and i Q, and and everything's fine. <laughs> yes, and we're both Ryan. We yeah. have that in common. <laughs> it's true.
0: Let's we'll get to some video game pitches. Uh, what I'm going to pitch today is a point and click adventure game where you have limited clicks. Let's find a way to not make that a hindrance to your enjoyment, and instead enhance your enjoyment with limited clicks throughout the game so start the clock there
1: this almost the pressure of clicking like every click induces stress is almost uh in a way reminiscent of the game keep talking and and nobody explodes to Mm, me yeah like i love the idea of framing this as you're diffusing a very very tense situation and it's almost like you're you know i hate to push it into the realm of like quick time sequence or something. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's that's where my head goes.
0: Yeah, you know, there's um, there's a lot of games that use kind of a countdown or a, a time limiting sequence that, you know, puts the pressure on the player. But I was thinking instead of limiting their time, we could limit the see amount of interactions with the world that they could have. Maybe right. they are, uh, maybe they're suffering some kind of a curse where after they touch a certain number of objects, they disintegrate or... You know, maybe it's just um, you know, packaged little bite-sized puzzles that you're delivered uh, once every day, and you have, you know, like a par to get through a certain puzzle. Oh, that's a really great idea. I not so much like not so much like puzzle puzzles, like a Professor Layton type thing, but more kind of like abstract thinking type puzzles, like a Monkey
1: Island. So if you had like. A data bank of puzzles you build up a library of them or whatever they're all in like that monkey island great like lucas Art style uh you just have a, i guess a team of illustrators working around the clock uh <laughs> trying trying to reproduce what the new york times does with crossword puzzles right yeah and you say okay today's puzzle is like there's just like intro text of like get person x thing y or something like that okay okay I can definitely do that, but it would take a lot of I in my head there's gotta be some interactions that are not actually clicking. So if yeah, it maybe okay. if this is a phone, I assume it's it's good for phones because it's both mm-hmm. point and click and it's a daily sort of thing that maybe I can kind of like look and pan around and really examine things without Mm -hmm. actually having to interact?
0: Yeah, that should be fine. Uh, I don't want to require us to make 3D models of things, and so swooping through environments might be difficult, but at least getting maybe a couple of different perspectives, even that if we're delivering something daily. Uh, But, you know, maybe something on the level of like Gorgoa did a good job of making point-and-click style puzzles, but setting them in kind of fixed environments. Sometimes you can zoom in on something and uh, sometimes you couldn't. It was just all about utilizing fixed perspectives and oftentimes manipulating the fixed perspectives to connect between puzzles and such.
1: I love the idea of also creating there's so many like point and click game, especially from the LucasArts era, puzzle games where you're you have like an inventory of stuff and mm-hmm. you are like using those things. Probably it's sometimes you're flailing, right? If you're just like, okay, I don't know, honk the horn, eat the cheeseburger, mm-hmm. like all these weird little nouns and verbs together. I wonder if there could be different ways of I don't know, like seeing the world, like if you have like a set toolbox where you're like, okay, I know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to actually, uh, you know, look with this particular thing or that particular thing and that's going to expose option X, Y, or Z.
0: You know, it would actually be kind of fun if you had like a new uh, inventory items every day and you just kind of have to figure out like, okay, what's in my inventory today? What can I do with the world around me? it's just a single screen puzzle. And so you're not having to uh, do that monkey Island thing where the possible solution to move forward could be in any uh, one of 16 screens. And you're just like, I have 80 items. I've got 16 screens full of dozens of items to check everything against. Like, here we go, buckle down. You know, it's kind of like it focuses the, uh, the puzzles and makes it very apparent that like whatever you are supposed to do, there is a solution on this screen with this limited selection of items, like, just, you know, it, it's encouraging in that way. feels manageable.
1: Yeah, yeah, especially if, like, the items that were in your inventory are possible to show up in your inventory, you could learn their functions over time mm-hmm. or come to expect uh, what their behavior will result in, because maybe you, you know, I don't know if there should also be a limit on, like, how many things you could use. Does that, like, count as a click? That,
0: that probably would factor into the, the clicks. You know, I just, I want to avoid people just pixel hunting and guessing and stuff and actually like engaging with the puzzles.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, the stress of a countdown timer here <laughs> or like a, a click, a click down timer, if that makes any sense, uh, could be very interesting. Okay. So using an item uses a turn. You would almost have to like, maybe if there's like a, a one level above, there's a menu of daily things that you could be served up and you have your, your easy stuff where there's like kind of baked in a few things you could get wrong, your medium stuff where it's fewer. And then of course the hard stuff where you actually have the, the only thing you have is the exact number of turns that you need to kind of complete the thing.
0: Yeah. Maybe you can kind of set your own par and get more points or rewards or something out of it. If you, uh, I mean, obviously that, uh, that leaves it open to being exploited if people just look up the answers online or share the solutions with their friends on social media. But if it's not a competitive thing, if it's just kind of an honors or something, like yeah. if you are only personally rewarded, then you're only really cheating yourself.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, people do the NYT crossword, and I'm sure that those answers are going to be true. in a lot yeah, of places. Yeah, I feel like the the puzzle game genre is always tied to a narrative is could there be like a narrative element as part of this
0: i would want to do like each individual scene tells its own story in a way or at least you can kind of infer a story around it i'd like it to drop you in such like a weird and specific instance where you're like okay something obviously happened here and you can kind of like make up the story yourself like if you are waking up unconscious you are a clown that is waking up in the back of a moving van or something it's like all right obviously something's going on here that's horrifying
1: yeah okay so these things are one off maybe there's some connective threat like i love the idea it Would be kind
0: of fun like as a seasonal type of thing like there are some some factors that link them and like a uh, Fortnite can kind of tell like a, a larger story over time
1: yeah especially if like one of your puzzles like one of your puzzles gets somebody trapped, and another puzzle is like, yeah uh, the, you know the next day releasing that person, and if you give them all that sort of simlish sort of language, then you could do <laughs> uh, just generic you could write any dialogue you wanted. I think this is a great platform to deliver really good writing as well,
0: yeah, I mean obviously that's what uh point and click adventure games have always really um, specialized in, but in a kind of a bite-sized story uh, i would think the graphics would have to be super simple you know just like really blocky pixel art or something something that would be very quickly iteratable uh, maybe you can reuse assets uh quite frequently but uh, either way something that could be done every day or every week or whatever cadence we choose to deliver them on
1: i like this idea enough to let's uh go out and try and find a bunch of adventure game video game developers who maybe are currently in need of work for Mm -hmm. some unknown reason Uh, yeah okay i I don't know where we would find them but yeah maybe we put our minds to it and and they're out there it
0: would be a fun like collaborative thing as well it's like maybe every Every week, there are uh, little miniature, like Boreaware-style games that come from different point-and-click artists or something, and it's different writers and different programmers. Uh, just oh. kind of all working within an engine, and they just each deliver these kind of escape room-type
1: challenges. Please let me play the Kojima level. That is the... <laughs> Kojima guest stars as a point-and-click adventure level would be very good. You'd, they'd have to be solvable, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, f- well, first you have to watch the 40-minute cutscene. <laughs> <Exactly, laughs> yeah. yeah. And then then you get to the game. Okay, so cool. So we have, like, celebrity quote unquote celebrity, uh, game designers coming in on rotation or like, Hey, the, a person that worked on famous game XYZ is like, you know, coming in to do a level this week or Mm -hmm. this is really cool. It kind of gives, I wonder if you could tie it to a time of day or a location too, and just go like full HQ trivia on this thing.
0: That would require a lot more work for, I think, a smaller payoff if each level was tied to a location, like in the real world, and you had to go to a location, that would kind of limit the number of levels you would ever see, realistically. But uh, possibly there's there could be cool things you could do to add little variations in these uh, puzzles.
1: Yeah, or if there's if you uh, potentially do yesterday's challenge really well, you could earn mm. bonus turns for like tomorrow's <laughs> challenge and like carry over that progress.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, that's a good point. Well, we have to wrap this one up. We've uh, we've had our ten minutes, and now we got to throw it back out into the world, and let the community continue to iterate. So, uh, we have dropped the word "clickdown," which I really like, and I think it kind of uh, is is a good description of what this is. So, I'm okay with going with "clickdown." Clickdown, it is. Cool, Q. What do you have for us today?
1: We're gonna find the game in here, but it's kind of a a story as well. So, you're a brother-sister pair that uh, go to an old, dusty, retro video game store, and there's a creepy person behind the counter who wants to sell you something called the Super Drive. (laughs) And the Super Drive is a retro console, and the brother and sister take it home, and they get sucked into the video game system okay uh and you probably could guess from the title uh or from the title of the console super drive that uh these these games would be games that never actually existed they would be weird mashups of game concepts from the 8 or 16 bit era and i have some names here that i mashed together we'll see if they give us any ideas Plumber the Hedgehog, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Streets of Mana, Yoshi and (laughs) Knuckles, Echo the Metroid, Toe Jam and Zelda, and Golden Trigger. So every level is maybe a new cartridge or something, uh, and you have to fight your way out of them all to to escape. All right, well, let's start the clock then.
0: You know what would be even more interesting than creating these kind of mashup games is if we were able to is if we had like a collection of uh, cartridges and we could mix any two of them, like if the console had two cartridge slots. And just depending on which two we put in, it kind of generates a different type of level with different types of enemies and different types of art. And, you know, it is essentially like drawing a lot of art for each of the combinations, but, you know, I feel like it would go a long way and it's not necessarily more work than just making as much art as required for like a single playthrough game so uh i think i like that hook
1: i imagine it feeling a lot like you know nes remix or something like that yeah right but what if instead of both of the brother and sister getting sucked into the virtual world one of them gets sucked in and you either have to be the brother playing as the sister or the sister playing as the brother and depending on if you chose to go into the game world as the brother or the sister you get like different abilities or something so you get that kind of near automata two two stories two sets of dialogue playing to maybe even two different like platforming slash you know eight-bit powers
0: okay so how how different would they be because for all intents and purposes like these are regular human people that are (laughs) uh, just kind of unique in how you know non-super they are
1: Maybe we should uh, let, let's let say when they go into the game world that there has to be some concession to, to like okay. they have to be able to be baseball players and have to be <laughs> able to swim and all that kind of crazy stuff. But this like in my head maps a little bit to like the classic Nintendo like, oh, Peach has a different jump and that can extend in mm-hmm. many, many different ways. Maybe that means that, like, the brother has a different pitch, and the or the sister has a different swing, and you know they swim different. They have different movement speeds. Uh, potentially, one is more difficult than the other. I like the idea of the sister having like a lot of like really challenging levels, and the like brother does not understand why they're they're so tough for her. But the the idea of The idea of like when one is in the game and the other is outside the game, they kind of banter back and forth and you get this kind of real world, you know, high quality narration the same way that maybe you've, you know, talked to your television before while you're playing a video game.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the developer that I would want behind this, if I had to choose anyone would be the, the guy who did, um, retro city rampage. Have you played that? Oh yeah, I haven't played it but I've seen it. That's a really nice game and you probably own it on multiple consoles already. It's one that <laughs> pretty regularly goes pretty cheap or is included in bundles and stuff, but it's it's a really clever. It's like a GTA type game but it's top down and I believe built to specifications that the NES could run
1: um, Oh wow. like
0: to very obsessive degrees. If um if a recap that I had heard of a Pax talk is uh, any indication. Um, But it's a, it's a really clever game. It's, it's really funny. Uh, The mechanics themselves are pretty satisfying. Nothing like outrageously special, but they're very adaptable as well. And it puts you inside like parodies of different types of games. And, um, you know, it doesn't vary the gameplay like a tremendous degree, but there's still a fair amount of um, kind of taking on those roles and, Going from world to world, and there's a lot of like really clever mashups between uh, video game parodies and stuff. And so I feel like like that um, Thalwa would be ideal for a game like this.
1: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I guess the the DX version is on Switch. I just saw, so I'm gonna pick that oh, up. Yeah. Okay. So am I just being silly with these weird mashup names, or is there like really fun, fundamentally different approaches to like Super Nintendo versus Sega? game design where like putting those things or putting really funny cheap knockoffs of some of these characters in places could that be fun
0: yeah i mean that could be fun i i think the most fun is in seeing the actual characters face off against each other like you know like a smash bros type thing or to see the actual world um presumably we wouldn't be in a place where we could really license these properties. And so we would be kind right. of dancing around the the sides. But I think with a uh, pixel art style, especially King. you can definitely, <laughs> yeah, you can definitely um, evoke the the art style of a game. Uh, I've seen, a, there's a game called, it's like, Don't Die Mr. Robot or something like, I think I'm mixing up games. It's a uh, fighting, some sort of a fighting robots game that is drawn in the style of Super Metroid. And um, it's pretty unmistakable, like the way that they draw just the ground tiles and everything. It's like, Uh yeah, this feels like Metroid. And so I feel like you can get pretty close without crossing over into copyright territory. (laughs) Yeah, I
1: mean, we could even get, uh, why not? Let's dial up Christian Whitehead. Who did uh, the <laughs> oh, new yeah. Sonic? And like, hey, what make us a Sonic game without Sonic in it? Potentially, or what would what would it be like to have uh, you know a Mario esque or Yoshi esque character sitting inside of like a Sonic designed level? How weird would that feel?
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's uh, that's something that the NES remix I think kind of halfway explored. I never really liked those games that much. I always felt like they kind of left the one thing that really bugged me about them—that's kind of a peripheral detail—is I didn't like that they drop shadows behind all the characters. It's like that's yeah. not what it looked like. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. At least make me feel like I'm playing NES games mashed up with each other. I just think it's a weird aesthetic choice. But yeah,
1: Mario Maker did that too. It was not. Yeah, uh, I, I don't get it it. it. it breaks it a little bit, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like I want to make a Mario game, not like a, not like a, you know, flash knockoff from the early two thousands. <laughs>
1: That would be an effect in one of those things. Brother and sister going to the world. I I love the idea of combining the cartridges. Could there be, I wonder if there's like, you build an emulator-esque features or like cheat codes or something that (laughs) persist across games. Or when you mix two games together, maybe like there are cheat codes for one game versus the other and you end up with like really long cheat codes, like mega cheats that you have to punch in to get uh, superpowers or something.
0: Maybe there's some adventuring that you can do in the real world as well, uh, using the character who's not in the game to, you have to go about more mundane tasks, but potentially earn money to buy like a game genie or something like that.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. So, oh, and if you were able to... Oh, okay. So man, you've just unlocked a bunch here, I know, towards the end of our time. Too. What game Genius do. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, so you go through levels, you play it, you earn some sort of in-game something, then you can return to the old shop and get new retro consoles, like a retro Game Gear Boy thing, or mm-hmm. uh, a boy gear, <laughs> or Gear Boy, that uh, that has mashups of all sorts of different eras. You can really, like... The expansion packs are writing themselves, H. <laughs> I
0: mean, even if you just add one more cartridge to the mix, like that's, you know, combining with all of the others, like that's a, a lot of new content that's uh, being added in.
1: Oh, I like that. I even like the idea of like simulating how I used to, you know, buy and try games, which is maybe you could only rent the cartridges and you have them for a set period of time. Okay. I mean, if
0: uh, if this is all about kind of mixing them together, then... I don't want somebody to lose a cartridge and then think later on like, oh, I wish I still had that old one so I can mix it with the new one that I just got.
1: Oh, go back to the store, spend some money. That's all we need <laughs> you to you do. You can take out spend three at money. a time. I That's used to right. work at Blockbuster. I'll tell you all the tricks. <laughs>
0: all right, well, uh, let's uh, let's close that one down and let's uh, come up with a name. I, I feel like you've gotten names already, so.
1: I Well, I was calling it Super Drive, but I like the idea of, Maybe naming it after the shop in some way? Do, is there a good name for a, a good pun in retro gaming for a,
0: a shop? Let's see. Uh, I feel like a blockbuster pun would be appropriate, like Bitbuster or something.
1: Oh, but... Bitbuster's good. Wow. Yeah, all right. God, right out the gate. Jeez.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bitbuster. I love it. We do always edit it to make it sound like it's straight out the gate anyway, so.
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that is uh, Bitbuster. Let's go over to our community and hear what you have to say today. This comes from Mike Esquera, who is a longtime listener, first time writer. He introduced himself. He says, this past summer, I taught English in Canada to a class of visiting high school students who were mostly from China. For one of our activities, I had the students work together to design a video game. The game that they came up with was a thinly veiled copy of Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. The main distinguishing feature was that it took place in a school. Ooh. Mm. Okay. <laughs> when I suggested adding teachers as hero characters, the students changed the idea into having teachers as boss characters that were worth a ton of points of Taken Down. I imagine the game could work using the smaller space of a single large school or campus and a smaller number of players than PUBG. What other, ga- what other changes could you suggest to make this idea stand out in the crowd of Battle Royale games? Keep up the entertaining and imaginative work. Starting the clock there,
1: Mike. Thank you so much for writing in. We really appreciate it. First time writing in, so a brave thing to share an idea, especially one that's is is a little dark, isn't it? H.
0: Well, you know, I think we both had that <laughs> reaction, and we can both hear that. I think as Americans, like it's a very uh, you know, this idea of of uh, gun violence in schools is just like a very real thing that we have to deal with. I don't know if that's the only direction we can take this in though. So let's see if we can, uh, if we can expand um, and uh, yeah, see what else we can do. Let's think about, let's keep the aspect of elimination, but let's find something other than like violence and death that can bring us there.
1: Well, okay. So let's, let's go through the sort of school video gamey activities. maybe, Maybe Rockstar's Bully can, can mm-hmm. help us with this. How many, like, pranks could you pull with, like, school kids or something like that? Like, causing havoc around the school, like getting in trouble in the science lab, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, let's. I'm trying to think about uh, about elimination, though. Like, what would cause somebody to be eliminated in a prank war? I mean, it could be like a humans versus zombies type thing. Like, you get on school campuses a lot it's kind of video gamified but uh zombie games are
1: already well kind of a
0: thing but you know what i don't know if i've seen a battle royale zombie game where people get turned to an opposing team you know when they are effectively killed but uh it's it's straying a bit from the core idea but maybe there's something there
1: i also like the idea of maybe you know you have the like a high school decathlon or something playing and you've, Mm -hmm. you're kind of competing in all sorts of, you run to the basketball courts and then there's like some sort of weird basketball challenge or you run to the gymnasium and then there's another type of challenge. And like, as people come in last place in the challenges, they're slowly like eliminated. So like Forza Horizon is doing a thing where they are kind of giving you these real world events. And so when a real world event is happening, it happens at the top of an hour or something. I have to drive there and it's like, okay, do a thing here. And then it tells you a new place to go and do a thing, Do a new, go to a new place and do a thing. I wonder if a round could feel a little bit like that of school kids mass rushing from one place to the next and instantly competing in something that they might not be that great in.
0: Okay. Let's, uh, let's also think about like, what could we do to make this feel like regular school type activities? You know, uh, a school as just an aesthetic setting is interesting, but, uh, if we can incorporate some aspect of like school life as well. I mean,
1: we should tap the persona games for this. Can we take tests Mm -hmm. or
0: something? Yeah, sure. Or, uh, I guess even in Bully, you had to go to classes and perform kind of like mini games to allow you to progress Maybe it's about, uh, maybe it's about the entire school grades, everything on a curve for just being the best student. And it's a combination of, uh, of doing your homework and gosh, I have a hard time making this fun in my head though. That's the thing. I want something people can jump into a hundred people would want to play at the same time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Homework simulator is probably not going to do it. Yeah. Look, I think that there's, you know, I hate to harp on the point, but I think high school sports is a thing. I think that like high school sort of events, whether that's like, Mm -hmm. I think we've pitched before on the show. I think when I did, I pitched like a Buffy MMO where you have like, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, spirit month and stuff like that, where people are competing. That that almost seems like seasons or something, though. That that mm-hmm. would be in a battle pass for this more than it would be the actual thing. Maybe okay, you go non lethal and you go for like the the combat has to be entirely like found in the school, so you can have food fights or you can do spitballs <laughs> and. Uh-huh. You know, you can uh wrestle someone into a locker or something like that.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like Hitman in that way, where you know, you um uh, as long as the body is no longer visible, they are essentially out of the match.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh or yeah, if you get uh if you get a wedgie or you get turned upside down and dunked <laughs> into a toilet.
0: Yeah. Um
1: like so there will be like I, I hate to use this term, but there's contextual kills, uh, mm-hmm. depending on the environment. So as you're like rummaging through lockers or something to try and find, uh, a spitball weapon or like mashed potatoes from the cafeteria to like launch on a spork, you are also putting yourself in danger in those locations. You could be, uh, you know, potentially stuffed into a locker. Maybe you get a swirly, whatever.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah, I can see that working. So it is essentially kind of like a prank war. You have teachers as bosses though. That's interesting because you wouldn't give a teacher a swirly, but there may be ways to conspire together. And maybe, you know, it is kind of an every man for himself type thing, but also the teachers kind of like in Monster Hunter require multiple people to effectively take them down. So you have to form kind of like a an unspoken truce for a little while and work towards a common goal that benefits every, everyone who contributed to it and then they are better equipped to handle everyone else around them, uh, whereas they are also entrusting these random strangers kind of leaving themselves open to being
1: betrayed. I like the idea of the teachers almost being like the four ghosts in Pac-Man where maybe they each have different levels of behavior different ai and different aggression levels so you get one teacher who like the math teacher is going to be one of the worst right like or or even better you you encounter the principal or the vice principal and they're like the hardest ones to take out in the game
0: i could see a principal or vice principal being like an aggressive figure but i i also kind of like the idea of teachers being like non-aggressive and just kind of difficult to effectively prank. Like I want the the challenge to come from whether or not you can trust the people that you are conspiring with and not so much the challenge of taking down the teacher is that you need other people but you don't know the people around you and whether or not they're cool.
1: Okay, that's pretty good. What, what okay, ready for this. The teachers if it takes place in a high school, the teachers get um, levels of difficulty assigned to them based on, you know, freshman, sophomore junior senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, and those teachers, uh, you can't actually, you can't maybe attack someone else in front of a teacher like the teachers are are on patrol or something and you can't actually be caught uh by one of the teachers or else they'll chase you down for a hall pass and you'll have to deal with you know a teacher chasing you that could catch you and the enemies the other school kids Mm -hmm. at the same time
0: and then maybe you become easier to prank at that point because he's just distracted with you it's not going it's going to ignore everyone else's pranks If they are in pursuit of somebody, even if they intentionally like take out the person that they're pursuing. So that's kind of the danger in alerting a teacher.
1: Oh yeah. And you can try and like get a teacher or a school kid off your back by like sitting at a desk and trying to blend in. Mm -hmm. But if you sit down at a desk that has one of those whoopee cushions on it, you're (laughs) out.
0: Yeah. I think that works pretty well. Hmm. What are the good, uh, good pranks? I mean, there's the, there are some pranks that are kind of like pranks on the school not necessarily pranks on the people, but they could be like area of effect pranks, like letting a farm animal go in school or something like that.
1: Yeah. Or, or God forbid you, <laughs> I, I feel like you don't want to encourage bad behavior, but at the same time, like pulling a fire alarm could be a very interesting event in this game. <laughs>
0: Requires everyone to be funneled out of very specific areas, might like distract teachers. That would be interesting if you could pull a fire alarm. Or at least get on the loudspeaker allies, and
1: like, you know, yeah. the principals out of their office so you can get on the loudspeaker and like tell everyone yeah. school's out, school's dismissed. And now you empty all the kids <laughs> in the building and people can't blend in, that sort of thing.
0: And teachers are distracted and so they'll... Stop pursuing whoever they're pursuing. Maybe if you had an ally who was being pursued, you could pull a fire alarm or make a loudspeaker announcement uh, to get him out to take the attention off
1: of them. You know what we've just done here, H? Levolution. We've we've introduced levolution to yeah, this. Yeah, sure. Thing. We invented it. <laughs> All right.
0: Well, let's close that down and uh let's go. No, let's the dismiss
1: that. Come on.
0: All You're right, the well. master of this. <laughs> School's out for summer and forever. <laughs> what are we going to call it? Fast times at Prankster High? Ugh, that <laughs> feels bad. How about high school abusical?
1: Oh, no, H. Really? Are we going to do that? <laughs> That's
0: a decent pun. You have to at least admit that. I've got a pun for you. It's, this, okay. is, this, is a, this
1: is an H-level pun, I think. I think I'm about to deliver you. Make your mind explode. Here we go.
0: <laughs> Varsity Brews. Varsity Bruise. Is that uh, like a Varsity Blues? Is that a thing? <laughs> <It is. laughs> I feel like I'm just peripherally aware of. What is that originally?
1: Friday Night Fights? What do we have to do here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you I can vouch know.
0: for it, then I, uh, I'm okay with that, that name. It's, it's, uh, there's are words that I don't often see in video game titles, and that's sometimes the mark of a
1: good name. Maybe it could just be Varsity Party, or so, or Varsity Battlegrounds, or something like that. I don't know. Varsity,
0: varsity Bruise violence. is pretty good though. Varsity Bruise, yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. Let's so let's do that. That is Mike Esquera's Varsity Bruise. That is bruise like the bruise you would
1: receive if you hit somebody. Oh no no that's wrong. No, just kidding. You're right. You're right.
0: Okay. All right. Well that uh that just about wraps us up today if you would like to submit a pitch like mike did today then you can email us like he did at playwrightcast at gmail.com you can go to our website playwrightcast at gmail.com or you can tweet us at no wait did i say that right playwrightcast.com that's i (laughs) think i said gmail in there again wow (laughs) well hey Go to our website, playwrightcast.com slash pitch to go straight to the pitching portal, or you can tweet us at (laughs) PlaywrightCast.
1: Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And a reminder that we are on Google Play. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. The holiday season, especially Thanksgiving, is a great time to eat a bunch of turkey and write video game ideas down. Come on, take a break from Red Dead. You don't need it. That's right.
0: We'll come up with Red Dead Redemption Three, the fourth game in the Red Dead series.
1: <laughs> we that might as well me. just call it Red Dead Redemption Two and a Half, the fourth <laughs> game in the Red Dead series.
0: To take us out of the uh, take us out of the game, the game pitching uh, uh, economy. the pitch off. That's right, the pitch off today. Take us off the pitch. I'm going to deliver a miniature pitch. And uh, yeah, what I want to do is a a game where you steal the souls of mythical creatures and collect, that's just Pokemon, isn't it? Well, Uh, whatever. You're collecting werewolf souls. Love it. (laughs) See you next week.
1: Bye.